Crockett, I love Twitter, and I love Elon Musk. can't even say that with a straight face, <laughs> can you? <laughs> I'm telling you, Twitter's the best social media out there. I've been saying it for years. That would be the hottest take I've ever heard. <laughs> All right, let's get into it then. This is a personal video. Any views or opinions represented in this video are personal and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations we may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity. The views expressed are for entertainment purposes only and not to be misinterpreted as actionable investment advice. Hey everyone, my name is Crocky Calloway. I'm Sahil Seth. And this is Uninvested. Welcome back to our uh, new series actually that we like to call Venture 500, where we are going to be breaking down uh, massive companies, but most importantly, touching on their startup phase and how they got to where they are today. And so we're kicking it off today with Twitter. Exactly. We thought this would be the best company because not many people know about the beginnings of Twitter, starting from a failing company. Everyone really is just talking about it now with Elon Musk getting bought for you know over $40 billion. But they do have you know, an interesting, a very interesting history. Interesting to say the least. They, they've been around for, uh, you know, more than a decade now, and they've had their ups and downs. And uh, I, obviously now I know how you feel about Elon Musk, but I would say they're having a down right now. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to get into all the juicy details that I'm sure most of you guys have been seeing all over uh, Twitter and social <laughs> media today. It's super confusing. We've broken it down for you. Um, we're going to get into that eventually, so stick around. But first, we're going to go through and just give you guys a run through of what Twitter's passes look like. Um, uh, you know, Sahil was saying before, a lot of people say they are in a failure position right now. In many respects, they kind of started from failure. Um, but we're going to break it down for you guys. Yeah, so let's go all the way back to November 2004. I'm three years old, and there's this company, Odeo. It's a podcasting company. Essentially, they're just doing podcasts. Started by these three guys, Evan Williams, Biz Stone, and Noah Glass. And Jack Dorsey, NYU student grad at the time, he goes and works for this company. However, iTunes just launches podcasts. You know, maybe you're watching, listening to this on Apple Podcasts. And so they launched this company's like, okay, we're completely screwed. Kind of how Apple does it nowadays, screws over millions of startups when they just launch like one aspect on iOS. They, they launched in 2005, right? And so this is like in Odeo's infancy, right? They're still trying to work exactly, on the business. Exactly, exactly. So then um, the founders at the time, they're like, okay, we need a new idea. Everyone that has like a side project, you know, everyone's got side projects, uh, work on that for a little bit and come back to us. And Jack Dorsey has this idea that he wants to, you know, this status concept where people can send out text messages, essentially, um, and let people know, you know, what their status is, what they're doing. And then the founders, they say, okay, this is the best idea. We're going to run with it. So that's around uh, 2006, right? Yeah. So this is a few years after. Yes. Right. So so they've gone from Odeo. Um, now it's about March, around March 2006. Uh, Jack Dorsey, he kind of like mashes together this very early version of Twitter. Exactly. Uh, his first tweet is just setting up my Twitter, spells Twitter, yeah, T-W-T-T-R. Yeah. So it's not even like, it's not even the full Twitter name we have today. It doesn't have its logo or whatever. But they keep working on it um, with this new team that kind of formed out of Odeo, right? Exactly. So they keep working on it. Eventually, you know, they're getting some headway. They feel like they finally like, you know, build a, a more so working model than they had to say, just the scrap the week that he put together. And they win this best startup competition by Southwest. And this is kind of like the first time that they're getting, you know, any relevancy in the space. Mm -hmm. So they're gaining relevancy. They're gaining traction. Um, 
give it a couple months, um, you know, nearly a year, April 2007, Dorsey, the guy who had originally put it together, Jack Dorsey, who I'm sure many of you have heard about now, um, he stepped up as CEO. Exactly, yeah. Evan Williams like, yeah, you could be CEO. This is your idea. You probably know the product best. Who better to lead this company but you, essentially. And then, you know, a little bit later, come like July 2007, they finally get some funding. They get about 100K in their Series A. So that's just like the first big major round of funding they have. And they're valued around, you know, like $200,000. Not much of the time, but that is still very prominent when a startup gets any sort of funding from a venture capital firm. It's also interesting given what we've talked about in the last couple episodes, like a, a lot today in the last couple of years, you're seeing these series A's with like huge funding, right? Like, oh yeah, Like huge. tens, sometimes like nearly a hundred million dollars for a series Oh, even A's. more. I mean, we're talking about like Adam Newman. He got millions and millions of dollars right. just straight off the bat. Right, and, and that, that kind of implies some massive level of hype. Like they, I'll say only lightly, like they only got a hundred thousand dollars for their series a which valued them at two hundred and twenty thousand. exactly right but they did start getting a lot of traction out of this because just a few months later in october 2007 they got like five million dollars boosting their valuation up to like way past 30 million dollars so that's like a few short months they're able to you know x x uh, amount their their valuation Mm -hmm. so they they have a high valuation this is in october 2007 they're writing high they yeah. ride that out for the next year. They really capitalize across the next year off of like the new hashtag feature, which had just come out, which is now like, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, most of, yeah, Twitter, yeah. like, you know, hashtag, everyone's like, oh, hashtag that just came about, but Twitter is really the ones where that started. Yeah, no, they, they invented the usage of that hashtag. Yeah, I mean, you'll see now, a lot of things really started on Twitter, funny right. enough. Right, like Instagram, Facebook, they all, you know, LinkedIn, everyone uses hashtags now. But yeah. So they popularize off of that. Um, cut to like about a year later, October 2008, um, there's a lot of frustration um, surrounding Jack Dorsey about like unaddressed server failures. Um, he's also just really like loud. He likes to go out and talk, give his personal opinion. Even today, you'll see Jack Dorsey, you know, the former founder of Twitter. He just gives his opinions on a lot of things, whether mm-hmm. it be politics, anything else happening in the media. And so he does. He does that on Twitter all the time, which yeah. eventually leads in 2008. They shareholders of Twitter. Yeah, they um, remove him. Yeah, they remove him as CEO. Yeah, not many years he started this, and the founder gets removed. You know, draws into another topic of discussion, like. Our founders, the people that start startups, the best to lead conglomerates when they must become a bigger company and they need to be the real CEO. Mm. The, Robert, it's, it's almost a difference between like brains versus the bronze, right? Like, exactly. Can you, even if you're smart enough to, like Jack Dorsey, hack together the earliest version of, of Twitter, like, should you be the one with the leadership expertise pushing it through? Well, Question for later. I think yes, but we can get into that later. But what's funny about this, right around the time, Twitter gets this $500 million offer from Facebook. Much higher than their valuation. The valuation is probably like around 100 million at the time, and the founders turned it down. Mm. You know, Zuck is definitely like, "What are you talking about? I'm offering you 500 million dollars." <laughs> and this is not the first time we try to buy Twitter. He definitely tries other times later on, but this is the very first time. And they turn it down. He's kind of shocked, but they really see the value in Twitter. That kind of just proves to me they see how big Twitter can be so early on. Mm. Mm. And so Twitter obviously turns down that offer, 500 yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Um. Uh, that is followed up by like a couple years of some weird like turmoil. They, you know, yeah. Twitter, uh, specifically Ashton Kutcher, um, yeah. and uh, I think it's Evan Williams who's the new CEO. He takes up Jack Dorsey's yeah. position. They have this like feud on the Oprah Winfrey show about who's yeah. getting more Twitter followers. Exactly. And then Oprah makes an account, and like this is when Twitter is blowing up. Once right. Oprah gets an account, oh, you know it's over. It's yeah. <laughs> it's over. You you really kind of made it. So. So they have this like turmoil. I, I, later in 2009, um, 
there's this there's funny issue. Evan Williams, who is this guy who takes up his position as CEO yeah, when he, Jack Dorsey gets replaced. He was in that Odeo company, one of the founders of that. Yes, so he was he was one of the original guys. He's listed on Times 100 most influential people. Jack Dorsey is not listed. <laughs> the guy who made Twitter, the guy that got the other guy on Times 100 most influential people, is left off. Mm. You know that's gotta hurt. Yeah, that's gotta make you a little bit angry. Oh my god, yeah, of course. And and so like they consider to go through this like kind of turmoil over the next couple of years. They're still blowing up though, at the same time. Like, you know, Barack Obama, he goes on as like a moderator, hosts like a public town hall on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the idea, like Elon wants to make it now, like Twitter just to be a public forum for people. Mm-hmm. But they begged that where Obama went on and that, you know, that's obviously drawing crazy media attention to Twitter. More people signing up. They, they then garner even more media attention when a little bit later, October 2012, they buy Vine. R.I.P. Vine. I know many of us. Hopefully, it comes back. I really love Vine. There's too. like talks that it's gonna come back. I mean, it's like Reels. Tick- TikTok is Vine, but you know, just with but better. Worse. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. No, too. Vine is Vine is the OG. And we love exactly, it. exactly. But so, so they buy Vine. This ultimately gives them enough leverage. Eventually, in 2013, they IPO, which we talked about in our last episode. That's their initial public offering. Um, they're valued at 31 billion dollars. Exactly. Right? So, kind of an insane amount. Right. And we should mention like. Yo, Jack Dorsey, he's not gone. It's not like, you know, Steve Jobs and Apple just kicked. Um, if you guys know the history about Apple, they kicked Steve Jobs out completely. And he was just not involved with the company. Like, Dorsey was still very much involved with the company. He just wasn't CEO. You mm-hmm. know, he still had some say here and there. And this actually allowed him to come back as CEO later on in June 2015. After mm-hmm. a lot of time has gone through, they're like, please come back, become the CEO, become the face again mm-hmm. of Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so now we're kind of approaching. So he comes back in 2015. Um, then we start to approach this era of kind of like what most of you guys remember Twitter for over the last, uh, I would say, like five to six years of this like viral information culture that we saw yeah. on Twitter. Right. And so uh, obviously presidential election, uh, Trump gets super popular on Twitter, like achieves this whole new uh, kind of yeah. consumer base. She has this huge reach. Uh, in 2017, there's this like rogue Twitter yeah. user who <laughs> hacks his account, deactivates his account. It's only gone for like 11 minutes. Yeah, not very much, but it's still funny that a rogue Twitter point can do it. But the funny thing is, like, Twitter hasn't changed since its creation at this point. There's been no differences. They've barely monetized it, you know, advertised. One of the biggest problems they talk about now is Twitter's not really raking in, like, any money. Mm. They do some, but not as much as it could potentially. Yeah, their, their revenues. So it's, it's funny. We'll talk about this. Just stay tuned in a little bit when we talk about Elon's new vision. Um, when you look at Facebook and Instagram's revenues over yeah. the last... Um, like five years, they've gone from like I know Facebook's gone from like 11 million to 200 million. Yeah. Over the last five years, uh, Twitter's revenue has fluctuated between, or, or excuse me, 11 billion to 200 billion. Yeah. Twitter's revenues have fluctuated between like two and a half billion to five billion. Exactly. That's and, just nothing there. Oh, nothing. And, and 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 by the way, that's like, I think it's like 2016, it's two and a half billion. Uh, 2017, it's like two billion, three billion, four billion. Yeah. It, it's like really, it's really nothing. And yeah, so they're just kind of getting by. Yeah, they're really speaking. not monetized. They have you know millions, millions of users on there, and they're just not getting any money from them. Mm. I know I haven't given a cent to Twitter since I've used it, <laughs> and they've given me they give people a lot of value. So for some people, I know I've talked to a lot of my friends. Like Twitter is the number one news source, mm-hmm. like straight up. And but so talk to me. Like let's go back to this time. It's kind of 2017, 2018. This idea of Twitter being a news source. Yeah. Um, and kind of all the criticism that like social media is taking. For, exactly. Like, like, news and things like that. All the data holding all people's data. So like that's when Jack Dorsey goes and testifies to the U.S. Senate, you know, along with Zuck, a bunch of other prominent CEOs saying, 
you know, no, we're you know, we're privacy laws. We're protecting our the data of our users. Mm-hmm. Um, no fake information is being spread. We're doing our best to monitor all that. Mm-hmm. You know, at the same time, Twitter's still coming under all this scrutiny. Even today, it's still coming under the same exact scrutiny it was back then. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, you just touched on it beautifully. It's this idea, and and Twitter actually themselves in June 2019 releases a bunch of information on this. It's this idea that there are thousands, probably millions, of fake Twitter accounts. Uh, bots, what we now call, or what Elon Musk is calling imposters, yeah. um, you know, these accounts that are just like spreading crazy, ridiculous fake news all over Twitter, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was like, the, ho- the whole reason Elon, initially, if you guys follow the news about him buying Twitter, he was like, there's just so many fake accounts, way more than 5% what I was told, you know, Twitter is just a bunch of fake users, they don't actually have the number of people that they claim to have. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's get forward a little yeah, bit, right? Now, now let's talk about what everyone wants to talk about Elon Musk. Right. So we'll we'll leave you we'll leave the background on Twitter at that point, kind of 2020. Let's skip forward. So it's late January this year, so 2022. Yeah. Um, Elon Musk begins investing personally in Twitter. Um, and we see this um, the Securities Exchange. Yeah, he's SEC. like selling shares of Tesla, buying massive amounts of shares of like Twitter. Yeah, and this is all public information because when you buy enough um, in a public company, yeah. like all this information is public. Um, kind of like we talked about in the past, like the blockchain, everything's public. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. So you can see um, how much he's buying. Eventually, uh, as of March, his stake gets up to nearly 10%, 9.2% of Yeah, Twitter. he becomes like the largest um, shareholder, essentially. Yes, according to the SEC, um, largest shareholder. He owns more than the actual board of directors. Um, so <laughs> 9.2% of the company. Um, and so he's a big voice already. Yes. So then, so that's in March. In April, he keeps buying more. So mm-hmm. he buys up to $3 billion uh, of Twitter, which totals 27% of the yeah. company. And we should like mention that he's really big on Twitter. He has a lot of followers and a lot of influence. Like He's just tweeting, like, Twitter needs to be better. Like This is a great public forum. It can really like change the future of you know democracy, right. he likes to say, and like, how people can communicate, free speech, and all of that. And he's like just boasting these thoughts and criticizing Twitter at the same time. Yeah, and, and, and like... That's a really important thing. So yeah. as we've long known Elon Musk to be like crazy, ex- not like explicit in in the like yeah. obviously like swear words connotation, but explicit in just that he says whatever. He's on his transparent. Mind on like Twitter. whatever is on his mind is on Twitter. Right. But and, that's one of the things like why people like dedicate themselves. He's like this is the honest man. Like he's gonna do right. Mm-hmm. You know. Is that the truth? You know, don't really matter. I think he's doing. Well. All right. I know <laughs> how you feel. Whatever. So he he totals ends up owning twenty seven percent, which I mentioned before. By 9.2%, he already surpassed the board of directors. Um, in April, Twitter announces Musk is going to actually join the board of directors, right? Yeah. And so I feel like we should have been kind of slowly been clued on to something at this time. It wasn't that popular, obviously, because he hadn't yeah. gotten into the deal stuff yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he joins the board of directors. More than six months back, Jack Dorsey actually uh, left Twitter. He was replaced yeah. by a new CEO. Well, yeah, because Jack Dorsey went on to found um, his next venture, which we should always talk about. Yeah. Which is kind of like interesting. This founder, you know, repeat founders who always had this like theme where they go on to do the next better thing and are usually more successful. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's a little bit of a sidetrack. Well, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, he ends up getting replaced by the CEO Parag Agarwal. Um, super smart guy. He's very vocal on Twitter. He's like excited for Musk to join the board of yeah. directors. It's really big for Twitter to get Elon Musk on board. Like at the time, like Tesla's still doing like they are today, but Tesla's still really popping off. SpaceX is making a lot of traction finally. Yeah, and everyone's really like Elon Musk is in good graces with a lot of people. I mean, he had some scandals, I believe, but mm-hmm. like investor-wise, you know, in the business realm, he's in a lot of good graces. It, 
it seems like he's going he's doing a good thing but everything he touches works here's here's the theme we're gonna now get into i like to call this like the great game of twitter ping pong okay yeah. because for the next you know five ten minutes however long we talk about this yeah pretty much everything we say ends up getting redacted right so <laughs> yes he says he's gonna join the board april 10th uh elon Musk tweets he's no longer joining exactly. the board of twitter um Basically, Parag Agarwal on Twitter says that there have been, quote, distractions ahead, but our goals and priorities remain unchanged. Uh, that is in regards to my yeah. decision. He also says, quote, the decisions we make and how we make them remain in our hands, no one else's. And so that kind of implies yeah. a level of, like, maybe he felt threatened by Elon's influence. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hilarious. You could see, like, now that the the court, we'll talk about this later, there's, like, court fail- filing, all these text messages get released. You can really see the interaction. Elon talks to Parag, and he's like, listen, like, what have you done today to make Twitter better? <laughs> and the CEO of Twitter at the time is like, I'm working on it. And Elon's like, you're too slow. Not joining board. I'm buying Twitter. And just leaves <laughs> it off like that. So he leaves on that. And literally four days later, Elon Musk offers to buy Twitter at like $54 uh, per share, which is basically $43 billion. And that's like a huge premium. Like Twitter's not trading at $54 a share. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, it's a 38% premium yeah. above what the share price is but let's go remember we said face or uh Saul mentioned facebook offered to buy twitter for 500 million dollars for 500 million dollars back in 2010 or 2008 Even, yeah like 2008 something like that right so 500 million dollars elon musk offers to buy twitter for 43 billion dollars an absurd amount obviously that their their valuation has changed so much since then but it's kind of just shows you like how far Twitter's and the funny gone. thing is like twitter loses money every year mm-hmm. if you go to like their you know their profit loss statement like they are losing money. Their expenses are more than their revenues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the costs of running Twitter is much higher than any money they bring in. Mm-hmm. So this is where the story gets starts to get again. Follow the ping pong here, right? So yeah. um, I think we we have to focus on like why he wants um, Twitter so badly. We know Elon Musk is really vocal about free speech. Like, yeah, exactly. We, we literally just talked about himself. He himself is like super explicit. Um, he tweets. Quote, I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe. Yeah. So that's like, he, he wants to transform it. We've exactly. seen in the last couple of years, a ton of people have been removed um, from Twitter, like super vocal people like Andrew Tate and Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Like they, they've been removed from Twitter. Um, so I, he kind of wants to revert that. It's like yeah. That, right. He's saying it's too, you know, one-sided on Twitter. We're not getting like both sides, a really holistic view of people, the people's voices. Right. So... <laughs> So it's funny. So then Twitter basically says, because they're clearly a little freaked out by his presence. Yeah. They, already, they didn't let him join the board of directors. They basically put in this, they call it the poison pill amendment into the Twitter deal, which basically means that if the deal starts to go through, individuals can buy shares at a higher premium, oh, which yes. eventually will, yes. what it will do is it'll dilute uh, Elon Musk's stake in the company. Yeah. And so it's kind of a disincentive for him to buy it because it's it basically gets triggered um if Elon acquires more than 15% of Twitter shares, yeah. more people can buy at a premium, which basically will like dilute his shares from like 15% yeah. to 10 to 5, exactly. lower and lower and lower. So he gets freaked out. Um, not freaked out enough, though, because a week later, he gathers commitments from individuals and firms across the yeah. planet. You know, A16Z, we've talked about them a lot. They're just a prominent venture capital firm. Mm-hmm. SBF, if you listen to our last episode on FTX, he mm-hmm. decides to roll over his shares. So... Basically, rollover means like essentially, if you had a lot of shares outstanding of Twitter, you could just you know buy into you know become part of him buying it, taking it private. Right. And so he goes to all these people. He builds out pitch decks for them. In his pitch decks, he says that his goal is to quintuple Twitter's revenue by 2028. 
Now, if you remember what we just talked about, the revenue has been stagnant for the last five years, yeah. at $5 billion. Quintupling the revenue would put it on the same status as like Instagram and Facebook. But like, which should be possible considering the amount of like users they have. Should be possible, but like, how feasible is that? Like, that's a pretty lofty. Yeah, the timeline he wants is really aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it's funny enough because he has these really aggressive timelines on all the rest of his companies, like Tesla, you know, fully, fully, you know, self driving, yep. SpaceX, going to the moon and coming back with one rocket. You know, at the times when he made those same commitments, they were also thought of as completely impossible. Mm-hmm. That's like the one thing. It's like when he's running Twitter, a lot of people like to say like Elon Musk. Um, I found this on Twitter. A bunch of prominent people are tweeting this essentially like Elon Musk's other companies. If the software, anything messes up, people die. Mm-hmm. If the rocket fails, people die. Right. If Tesla's um, self-driving fails, people die in a car crash. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like he should be able to handle the amount of pressure that Twitter brings. But the thing is like he's really, can you do all those companies? Mm-hmm. Which is interesting to me. And to be honest, I don't really know. Uh, yeah. But so he says, and this is in April, he says him and Twitter have reached a deal. He's going to buy it for $44 billion. Yes. Okay. Here comes the ping pong. Uh, cut to uh, about a month later in May. Uh, Musk tweets that the Twitter deal is, quote, temporarily on hold. Yeah. Um, and this comes after him saying he would reverse Trump's Twitter ban. He would, uh, you know, quintuple their revenue. Like, clearly, Twitter has kind of reached a, a feud with him where, like, yeah. he shouldn't buy it. Maybe he is having second thoughts. Um, he keeps tweeting out in, over the next couple days. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing about this is, like, fully, like, you could just track this whole thing just following Elon's Twitter. Just, yeah. like, day by day, he's like, this is happening. I'm going to buy it. Never mind. I'm backing out. Twitter's um, false. Twitter's uh, fraudulent. And they're also upset, too, because, right, he's been tweeting all these negative things. And then their shares are dropping. Like, they, Twitter's getting, like, the share of Twitter is getting cheaper. Some people think this is a tactic by him. Say he's going to, like, you know, pull out of the deal. Twitter's, like, going to shambles over this. And so why is that significant, Tom? So, what, like, what, is, what does Twitter do? It just, essentially, Twitter's like, listen, no, like, you're screwing us over. You're now going to actually go through with the deal that you said you were going to go through with. Right. And, and so they, like, you just mentioned it. Their stock drops 12%. Twitter's actually like, this could be a strategy. We think this is stock manipulation. They, Twitter shareholders file, file a lawsuit yeah. uh, against Elon Musk, right? Yeah, they want the premium. Like, Twitter like shareholders were making a lot. Like, Elon Musk was buying it at a premium that no one else was going to buy it for. Like, this is probably the best deal Twitter's going to see in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And they all realized that once the share prices stopped dropping, they're like, oh, my God, like, this is going to make us even worse. Mm-hmm. So they have to go through with the deal now. They have no alternative. They have no alternative, but here comes the ping pong again because then Elon Musk says in a couple tweets that he has been blown away by blown away by the number of what he calls imposter accounts, fake accounts on Twitter. Yeah. He says he's moving to terminate his ac- acquisition of Twitter. Exactly. Going back on the ping pong, which drives Twitter and Twitter shareholders crazy. Freeze. They actually sue him in Delaware court. Exactly. Um, we've talked about it a couple times on the podcast. Delaware is where a lot of startups will incorporate because they have really lenient, lenient startup laws. laws. Yeah. Um, so they sue him in a Delaware court um, to like honor his obligations to Twitter. Um, basically, this ends up forcing Elon Musk to go through with the acquisition. Yeah. We're skipping some like intermediary stuff. He actually doesn't. He actually just decides to buy it eventually because he knows he's going to lose. Like you have actually seen like people go through like all the court filings and like you can like see and you could tell based on like the Delaware laws that Elon will lose mm-hmm. lose and I think he understands that. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that he, the filings did bring was like you could now see all the text messages like Elon Musk is the funniest thing he will say to people. So, I mean, like he literally a day before the the Delaware court filing is like supposed to go through, he says he's gonna buy. Yeah, it. exactly. So he's like totally freaked out. Yeah. Right. So Elon Musk now head of. Uh, uh, head of Twitter, I yeah. think as of November, or you know what, October 28th, right? Exactly. As of October 28th, he's the head of Twitter. November 4th, uh, he lays off 
half of Twitter's workforce. Yeah, he said he, he said he was going to do like 75%, something like crazy. He's like, you know, Twitter's totally unproductive. No one does any work. Um, you know, And everyone's like, Twitter's going to fail. 7,500 people he lays off. Yeah. He, lays, mean, he lays them off in an email. The, <laughs> the, the, the first line of the email is, today's your last day working at the company. Um, apparently the subject line was just like your future at our company. Like it's like the most robotic. <laughs> your thing future. Ever seen. Your future. There is no. Future. There, there is no future. <laughs> um, and since then he's he's done a bunch of things. He's, so yeah. he's brought everyone back onto Twitter who was removed. Right? Exactly. Donald Trump just came back. He he did that with a poll. He put it a Twitter poll. He was like, should Donald Trump comes back? It wins by like one or two percent. So mm-hmm. now Donald Trump's back. It also forces employees to come back into office and. A lot of people criticize Elon Musk for not thinking like you know on a world on a worldview more so like at a um an American like centric viewpoint because like not everyone in the world can just come back into the office like that yeah you know they they're living in multiple other places I was just like reading if you just read on Twitter you see like people in like Ireland saying oh there's like a housing shortage like we can't move back to mm-hmm. the office right now mm-hmm. and, and so like he's clearly like they feel horrible he's clearly regretting his decision because he ends up like asking so many of them to come back yeah exactly um but. You know, he then, and it kind of backfires, he announces Twitter Blue, which is the paid verification service. I know most of you guys probably know for our listeners that... $8, yeah, $8. So it's $8. Normally, if you're a celebrity or public figure, you get it verified. Um, but he brings this on, and what it ends up doing is the opposite of what he wanted, because he wanted to remove all these imposters from Twitter. But now that you can just pay your way to uh, yeah. Blue status, like, we've seen this flood of people on Twitter impersonating users. Yeah, I mean, my favorite, like, example is just, like, there's this account, if you guys know Lockheed Martin, big, like, defense contractor for the U.S., mm-hmm. make, like, you know, fi- uh, fighter jets, all that. They, there's this fake account called Lockheed Martini, and they <laughs> tweeted, like, oh, we're going to, like, stop production, like, human rights, all this. And their stock price literally drops. Yeah. Because of this, this happened to multiple other companies where these fake accounts like said these like crazy things, mm-hmm. and their stock prices were cr- just dropped. So I, I wouldn't be shocked, by the way, if we're gonna see more like stock manipulation lawsuits. Yeah, no, there's definitely gonna be like someone's gonna sue him for this mm-hmm. specifically. Like, there's definitely people that got fired over this, and people are already angry. As yeah. of today, when we're filming this, November twenty eighth. Um, Elon tweeted, Apple has, quote, Apple's also threatened to withhold Twitter from its app store, but won't tell us why. Apparently, Apple uh, has, like, responded privately to Elon Musk saying, like, what are you talking about? We're not doing that. There's just, there's so much. <laughs> yeah, and he keeps tweeting about it. Everything is, like, updated live on his Twitter. He's keeping no conversations private. It's just, we, we don't know what's real. We don't know what's what, but suddenly we're being slammed with all of it on Twitter. Yeah. Like, and it's so I mean, explosive. A few days ago, people were like, Twitter's going to fail. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just going to shut down. And then you see all these, like, past Twitter, like, engineers, like, just tweeting these horrible things, just, like, saying Elon's the worst ever. I mean, look, I, I think if it's a matter of, like, he's going to fail, if he's already laid off half the workforce, he has lofty goals, yeah. he's feuding with everyone, like, it, it's almost a matter of, like, has he already failed? And if he already has, can he come back from it? You know, exactly. like, if, if you're starting off on such a negative note, are you ever going to gain back, like, reputational trust from people? Yeah, exactly. You know, never know. Um... But again, it's going to continue to develop over the next. Yeah, I'm excited to like keep tracking it. All you have to do to track is just follow Elon Musk on Twitter. If you if you don't already, I highly suggest it just for the comedy standpoint. But you know, if you don't want to scroll through all of his tweets, um, you can just stay updated with Uninvested, uh, <laughs> on our Instagram and on <laughs> on our on uh on all of our accounts on our Linktree on our YouTube whatever. Yeah. Because um, we're going to keep following that, and we're also going to keep doing this uh Venture 500 playlist. Yeah, we with, like it. You know. Yeah. Break it down like top companies, seeing their history. Maybe we'll do like Apple next because almost every Fortune 500 top company they stem from a venture background. Mm-hmm.
we will keep getting into it. Yeah. Uh, but for now, as always, I'm Sahil Seth. I'm Crocker Calloway. And this is Uninvested. Thank you.